Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, tonight I have pulled out something that we have used many times over the last 10 years or so, but it just seemed good to me and to the Holy Ghost to pull this out again tonight. I may be a little late getting it out, but we st- if, it, if God's saying you do this, then I believe it's for somebody, for a lot of somebodies. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about how to survive the holidays. I know Pastor mentioned this a, a week or so ago because we weren't here last week, obviously, the night before Thanksgiving. And, and uh, so I just, you know, it's something he had done many years ago. And, and the, the whole title of it back then was How to Survive the Holidays with Your Spirituality Intact. And so I've shortened it to How to Survive the Holidays. So, uh, you know, one of us is long-winded, one of us is not so much. Y'all can laugh. Come on, give me a break. All right. So anyway, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And you know, the Christmas season is just, to me, it's just, I'm sorry, but I have to work on it. Because when it starts, when I start seeing that first stuff at Christmas, no, it's in August when they start putting the first Christmas stuff out. And I'm going, I go into Sam's and I'm going, are you kidding me? What are you doing? It is August. I mean, it is 95 degrees outside, and you are putting what up? And you go into Hobby Lobby and some of the other places in there, and they're already dismantling shelves and stuff. And I'm going, dear Lord, when did all this happen? Why did it get so early? I mean, used to Christmas stuff didn't come out until nearly Thanksgiving. You know, at least we got Halloween out of the way before you started seeing Christmas stuff. And now it's August. You can't even get the kids back in school good before you're seeing all this nonsense. And I just go, oh, my goodness, what are they doing? Now, I know there are some of you who absolutely love Christmas. And for those of you who on Christmas, the day after Christmas, put up, it's only 364 more days till Christmas, I want to shoot you. Okay, just saying. I just want to shoot you. It's like, thank God it's over as far as I'm concerned. I tend to get real Mr. Bah Humbug kind of a person. But, you know, it's, it, it can be a stressful time. I mean, we, we look at it, I mean, and you, and you start, and you start now if, you do, if you're like me, you start gearing up that thing is starting to just kind of, the, the wheels are starting to turn because I start thinking about all the things that have got to be done and all the things that have got to be bought. And, and, and you know, we've got to get the family together and figure out what everybody's doing. And my mother starts asking me, well, what are y'all doing for Christmas? Back in September, going, Mama, I don't know. It's three months away. It's four months away. I don't know. You know, I barely got through Thanksgiving. Well, what are you doing for Christmas? I'm going, I don't know, Mama. Let me just get through Thanksgiving. You know, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to myself tonight. Do you understand? So anyway, you know, we get all caught up in all this nonsense, which, you know, I know some of you just love it. I, I, I understand that. I don't, I don't understand why you love it so much, but okay, I understand that you love it. All right, but you know, you've got all this stuff going on. You've got kids stuff going on. You've got work stuff going on. You've got church stuff going on. you just got stuff, 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 stuff. And somewhere in the back of my mind, you know, I'm thinking about those, those Norman Rockwell pictures of this wonderful family sitting around the Christmas tree, drinking their hot chocolate or whatever, you know, by the fireplace. And it's just like silent night, holy night. I mean, there's just peace and calm. 
And I'm going, that never happens in my house. I what you're talking about. You know, there is this picture that has been painted by, by uh, well, retailers and everybody else, you know, just making this just this, it's the most, the most wonderful time of year. No, it's not. You know, not, not from one perspective. I mean, honestly, I mean, I understand that we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, and that part is wonderful. But all the stuff that we get involved in around this time of year is not the most wonderful time of the year to me. Okay, I know I have to decorate a church. I know I've got a Christmas dinner. I know we've got this. I know we've got that. And see, that's all I'm beginning to think. You know, and Norman Rockwell is not in my pictures. Not, he's not there at all. But we kind of get this crazy idea of what it's supposed to look like. And sometimes, you know, we look at our families and we think, you know, I got such a dysfunctional family, that will never happen, you know. And, you know, some of you say, well, my, fun, my family is the, is the family that put the fun in dysfunctional you know, but we all have, nobody's got the perfect family. You, you know that? Nobody does. And so we don't need to put ourselves under so much pressure that we need to have this picture-perfect Norman Rockwellian kind of a Christmas every year. You know, it is what it is, and you know, and you make the best of it. You know, of course, it helps when you, people like me get their attitudes, you know, readjusted along the way somewhere. And uh, because, you know, at my house, which I'm sorry, babe, but this, is, this is the truth, he would used to say, I haven't had a Christmas tree in several years for a lot of different reasons, and he's trying to talk me into one. And since we're living in a rental house, I don't want to buy a tree. I have another excuse this year. I don't want to buy a tree to have to move one more thing when we finally get moved to our regular house. Uh, so anyway, where was I going? I don't know. See, that's what happens sometimes. But anyway, he used to say, we need to put up the Christmas tree. And I'm thinking, what we are we talking about? We doesn't include you. You do, you do, you no doubt participate in this we. You know, I used to, I, I would say, well, could you at least do the lights? And then, of course, you buy the pre-lit tree, so now we don't have to do that. So uh, I was just like, yeah, when will we take care of this? Okay, well, we. I just, I just think of all these we things, you know, that really means me. And I just, you know, I'm just not thrilled about the whole thing. But, you know, the whole thing is just can be emotionally draining, physically draining, it should not be spiritually draining. Should not be. It can be financially draining. You know, and, um, you know, you kind of got this who to buy for, what are you going to buy them? I love gift cards. Thank you, Jesus. When I found out some of my grandkids would just love gift cards, I went, yes, this is, makes my life wonderful. This, that's the wonderful part. Just go down find them some gift cards, they're thrilled, they get to go spend it, you know. They think there's this wonderful stuff that they can buy their own, and I'm just happy because nothing that I buy will get taken back. It's great. You know, so, so we kind of get all, you know, geared up for all this kind of stuff, and some people are so smart, they go join a Christmas club, and they put money aside, all, you know, all the time. That's great, you know, but honestly, if we get so focused on all the activities of the season, we begin to miss out on the whole point of the season. We'll have things sitting around the house that go, Jesus is the reason for the season, but you haven't talked to him in five days. Eh, am I by myself? You know? If he really is the reason for the season, then shouldn't we be making him the focus of this season? Not the eating, not the cooking, not the buying, not the parties, but make him the real reason for the season. You know, if I would do that a little bit more, 
You know, I wouldn't have the, the, the Scrooge mentality that I come up with. You know, and every year I have to, I have to, I have to talk to myself and say, you got to stop this. You got to get your mind off that. You got to get it back in gear. I'm just telling on myself tonight. So I know if I'm doing that, some of you are doing the same thing. You know, so anyway, so we're going to talk about that. You need to just be ready for the season. You know, it's nice to prepare ahead of time for the season. Just like some of you, you maybe you set money aside in some kind of little Christmas fund or something. You're getting ready. There's some things you can do to get ready ahead of time for this kind of season. Uh, we don't want God to get shoved into a corner. We don't want him left out over here going, don't bother me now, I'm trying to fix the manger. You know, I mean, really, I mean, come on. So I want to talk to you about what you do, do need to be doing to be ready for this season. Number one, I want you to be selfish. What? You want me to be selfish? Yeah. Go with me over to Luke, the 19th chapter. Y'all don't run me off now after I get through with this tonight. Going to run her out of town on the rail. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Is this right? That's not, is that right? No. Wrong Bible verse. Anyway, let's talk about it. It's, it's, this is what you do. Mary, Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha, it's not, this is not, not scripture reference. Tell me where it is, hon. And um, Mary and Martha are together. They've got a whole bunch of people in the house. Got to feed them all. Martha's working hard. Really upset that Mary's not helping her. Luke 10. I put, a, I put a 9 where my 10 should have been. Okay, or is my 0. That's what it did. Hit the wrong button. You should always proof your, your text. Luke 10. And yes. Now, yeah, there it is. 10.38. Now it came to pass as they went, they entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alone to serve? I feel that way sometimes during the holidays. Don't y'all care that I'm doing all this work? Nobody else is doing this work? Anyway. Uh, Bid her, therefore, come and help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're careful and troubled about many things. That's what he would say to me, you know, during part of this season. He said, but he went on and said, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. You need to be mindful of what you need during this time, spiritually speaking. Not what everybody else needs. They don't need another batch of cookies. They don't need another gift wrapped. You know, gift bags were invented for people like me. Throw it in the bag, you know, put some tissue paper in it. You know, be selfish just like it seemed to Martha that Mary was being selfish and inconsiderate of her. But what she was doing was she was being considerate of her spiritual life. By she was taking the, the opportunity, she had an opportunity presented to her that she took advantage of. She took advantage of. During the holiday season, you need to be sure that you take advantage of every spiritual opportunity that God puts in your path. That means don't neglect church. It's easy to do. 
okay, I'm just going to stop by the mall and just pick up a couple of things. It's Wednesday night. I can get a couple of things out of the way before I get to church. And you get caught up in the process. And before you know it, it's after 7 o'clock. And before you know it, you go, oh, well, I guess I won't make church tonight. Don't do that. I have seen it happen. Been around here a long time, seen a lot of things. So it's nothing new. When it comes to, to uh, other times during this season, when you're presented with opportunities to miss church, you need to stop and take good, good, good look at what you're giving up to participate in something else. Amen. You know, there's so many times when, when I see people have, have missed a service, and I'm thinking God was moving in such a way in that service that they could have had their answer, and they weren't here. They chose something else. When you, when you, when you consider, okay, it's church type, but am I really going to go? Can I, well, I can afford to miss. I mean, it's just, it's just Wednesday night. Oh, it's just Sunday night. Well, I was in church already this morning once. Do I really need to go back? I mean, you know, it wouldn't be such a bad thing to miss just, just Sunday night. I mean, I don't do this all the time. Just Sunday night. Well, you know what? What if your answer was that Sunday night? What if God had something specifically for you that Sunday night? Was it worth it? But, but you said, well, I don't know that I would have missed anything. How do you know that you didn't miss it? Was it because, oh, well, I listened to the sermon online. There wasn't anything there in it for me that was all that important. See, people do that. That's, that's one downside, I think, to live streaming and, and a lot of podcasts and things. People just say, they, they go around and they say, well, you know, I can always catch up later. I can always do this. Well, if you have to miss, yeah, you can catch up. But there's things God says to you in the middle of church, in the middle of a service, in the middle of a sermon, in the middle of prayer, in the middle of singing, in the middle of a lot of different things that can be your answer. And if you're not here in the middle of that to hear it, you've lost it. You have missed out. Will it come back around again? I don't know. I can't answer that. But the opportunity was something that you missed out on. You know, and spiritually speaking, this time of year, I don't think any of us can afford to do that. We really can't afford to do it any time of the year. But especially now when there's so much pressure in so many ways on our lives. But Mary was a good example of the person who, in the middle of all the things that just had to be done, that needed to be done, chose the good thing. Because spiritually speaking, it was the best thing for her. Matthew 6, we know this verse, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. All these other things. Do you not think God can redeem your time? You can, you can start saying, well, I don't have time. I've got this to do. I've got this to do. I've got this to do. Listen, if you'll put God first, seek him first then he can redeem whatever time you've put into it. I promise you. I've seen him do it. You know, when I just made a, made a commitment to say, okay, Lord, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you first. I'm going to do this. You know this needs to get done, and I know, and I'll get back to it, and you'll help me. There's a grace that comes on you to get something done when you've put God first that just is amazing. You know, I have seen it happen so many times when I just said, now, Lord, okay. I did this for you. Now, now I expect 
grace to be on me to get this done. And honestly, well, I can say when I've done that, at the end of whatever project it was I was working on, was done much better than if I had just done it without putting him first. I, I can see that there's the better outcome to the project than what it would have been had I not put him first. So just get to the place where you put him first and let him add those things to you. Acts 20. Acts 20 and a verse 28. We're just going to use the very first part of this. And now I know he's talking to, to ministers here, but it's, it's really is just as valid to us as believers here. Just take heed unto yourselves. Take heed. Pay attention to what's going on in your life. Pay attention to what your heart is telling you. Pay attention to what his spirit is telling you. Pay attention. Take heed. Stop being so busy and take heed to yourselves and about yourself. You know, God said to us that, that he, would, he would order our steps. Over in Psalms 37, he said, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Well, the way they're ordered of the Lord is, is if we keep ourselves in a place to be led by him. And isn't, isn't it good to know that you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, that you can spend time praying? You know, you can be shopping and praying at the same time, and he can lead you to the perfect thing in half the time. Instead of walking the mall for an hour and a half, he can lead you right to what it is you need to buy so you can get out of there. There's a lot of ways God can order your steps during this time of year. Ways to, to shortcut, you know, projects that you have going on. Ways to, to spend less time getting tasks accomplished. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. In fact, go over there to Psalm 37. I, I want you to see something that uh, is a little below that, that verse. It says in verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That is established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Now look at verse 24. This is for people like me. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. You know, when I don't do what I'm supposed to do, and I'm not, my steps are not being as ordered as they ought to be, you know, that's when I make the mistake. He said, he's not going to cast me down. I can still go back to him and say, Lord, help me. And he does. In fact, one particular translation says, that part that says, for the Lord upholds him with his hand, another translation says, is a support to which he can cling. Thank God he is a support that we can cling to. You know, in the middle of just going, I'm sorry, Lord, I just flubbed this whole thing. You know, I made a mess of this. You know, I know I didn't put you first. I know I didn't, didn't use my time wisely. You know, he'll just say, I'm a support. You can cling to me. It's okay. We can, we can take it from here. You know, so stay in the word and in prayer. If you don't, you won't be ready to hear him. Those steps can't be ordered when you're not in a place to hear. Now, can you? And expect the Holy Ghost to lead you, to guide you, to direct you, to help you. That's what he's there for. And he wants to be all of those things to you even during the holiday season. Amen. Number two, be sensible. 
Mm, there's a big, there's a tall order. You only have so much time. Think before you commit to something. Now, once you've committed, you should be a person of your word. But the key to getting around that is to think, stop, listen. What does, this, what does the man on the inside have to say about this? It's okay to say no. I had somebody one time that, that bless her heart, just it had a hard time saying no. And I said, look at me, look at me. Go, no. Just say this after me. No. I said, see, you can say that. Oh, I know, I know, but, but I just I have a hard time. I said, no, get practiced. You can say no. You can say it in a nice way. No. <laughs> no. You don't have to justify your no, okay? You don't have to tell somebody all the reasons why you can't just say, no, I, I, I'm not going to be able to do that. That's all you have to say. Just say no. If it's more than you think you can handle, more than you think you should do, if on the inside something's going, uh-uh-uh-uh, then just say, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. You know, I would like to help you, but I just, I just can't right now. You don't, have to, you don't have to give anybody great reasons or justifications because you don't need to wear yourself out. You, a worn-out person is no good to anybody. A worn-out person usually is tired, frazzled, irritable. And, you, and when you get in that kind of a place and you go into a store and things are like crazy and somebody cut you off to grab that last one of whatever it was you wanted or they get in the line like, like I've seen so many times people have done at Sam's and there's this huge basket of stuff that they've just paid for, you know, and they wait until the cashier says it'll be $467.05 and then they, that's when they decide to go looking for their purse and for the checkbook or the credit card, or the cash. I'm going, are you serious? You stood right here for five minutes, watched her scan every last one of those things, and you didn't have the money ready? See, those kind of things irk me. And when I'm tired, I'm irritable, and I'm easily, easily, like, get out of my way. The parking lot's not a good place. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you take my spot, I had my blinker on for that spot. Anybody ever had that happen to you? Okay. All right. Not, not good. Don't wear yourself out. Figure out what is reasonable for you to do and do what's reasonable. Um, you only have so much to spend. Now, personally, this is, what, this, is, this is my thinking every year going into Christmas. I have a budget. I have a budget. This is what we're going to spend on Christmas. Now, Lord, I need, I, need, I need to fit everybody in this, so a, a good sale price would be nice. You know, now, in the middle of all that, let me say this. I have a budget, but if God says, you need to do X, so-and-so for this person, and I'm going, okay, I'm open to being led to do something beyond what I was thinking for somebody. But again, if you're not in a place to hear him... The flesh can take over. And suddenly, you know, you think you got to do all this stuff. Listen, God needs to be involved in your giving. 
at all times, no matter what kind of giving it is. He needs to be involved. Let him tell you, you know, okay, here's a budget. Why don't you stay within this budget? Because honestly, I don't think anybody ought to go into the new year owing money from Christmas. Either you saved it up or this is just what we have to spend. You know, this is, this is what I can manage to spend, and we'll work within this, and God will help me, and we can stretch it. It's amazing how far God can stretch the dollars, you know, when you need to stretch it. But nobody should put themselves under that kind of pressure to go into the new year in debt for Christmas. You don't have to buy for everybody. Some of you come from large families. You don't have to buy for everybody. I mean, over the years, you know, just depending on the financial situation we found ourselves in, like, like in, you know, in the early days of pastoring and while we were at Bible school, it just wasn't there. I mean, we were just doing well enough just to, just to keep the rent paid and the kids fed, you know. And so Christmas was, was just like really just God help us, you know, because you don't have to supply. And he did every time. But to the rest of the family, we just said, you know what? This year we're just buying for our, our children. People will understand that. Do you hear me? They will. If they don't understand it, then they're not in it for the right reason either. Because my way of thinking is I don't want you to put yourself in a jam, in a financial bind to buy anything for me. That's not a blessing to me. To know that you financially can't afford it and you did it anyway doesn't bless me. It, pu it puts me in a place where I'm just like, Lord, I mean, I know they want to give, and I, but sometimes people give out of a sense of obligation. Listen, just because somebody bought something for you doesn't mean you have to go buy something for them. You know, just check your heart. Be led. I, I mean, I know years, you know, uh, I've got, a, I have a sister, and years ago, like I said, in the early days of the ministry, she would buy some presents for us and the kids at Christmas, you know, and I would say, don't do that because we're not going to, we're not going to be doing that for anybody but just the boys this year. And she said, no, 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 I want to, I want to. Well, now the tide has turned, you know, when she finds herself in a place, you know, that, that she's not able to afford to do some things. And, and, and God led me to do something a lot more significant for her this year than I've ever done before. And, she, and she's like, ah, I really hate for you to do that. I said, yeah, but the Lord told me to do this. You know, so there's a give and take here. You may not be able to this year, but what about next year? You know, God could lead you to do something significant. It's okay to say we're only doing for our kids. We're only doing for our immediate family. We're only doing this. This is what we're doing this year. Because, listen, you don't need to put yourself in a financial bind. And that's what people do so many times. I mean, because they, they feel obligated to do something, it's all right. Do you hear me? It's all right. In fact, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good way to just learn to put the flesh under. It really is. And to hear from God. And to hear what he's got to say. But let your spirit man guide you in these kind of things. You know, I remember the years, there was a couple of years when, when we decided we would get out of credit card debt altogether. Now, that was, a, that was a tough couple of years because at that point it's like, okay, we're going to be spending what we can to pay off the credit card debt that we already have, and we're not going to spend anything that we don't have in cash. And that's how we got out of debt. 
just naturally speaking, that's how we got out of debt. And listen, it takes saying no to everything that's not an absolute necessity to get yourself out of a financial place of bondage. And when the day came that we were free from all that, from that day forward, I, I, I took my credit cards back out after that, not to get back into the same place that I was in, but now it becomes a tool. It's a whole lot easier to throw the credit card out there than it is to sit here and write a check and go through all the craziness that you have to get a check taken, and besides making the people behind me mad by the check, you know, because it's taking me so long. But from that day forward, whatever you spend on a credit card, you pay off in the same month. I haven't paid a penny in credit card interest in all these years, but it took us some sacrifice of my flesh for about two years to get to that point. Don't go into debt for Christmas. Don't, don't do it. I, I'm sorry, I got off on that. But if you get out and you find yourself doing some impulse buying, take it back. Take it back. Get home and look at it. And if something on the inside just kind of doesn't feel right, take it back. Yeah, but it was such a good deal. Did I need to buy this? No. In the middle of buying for everybody else, how many of us have found things? Oh, I would love to have this. You know, so we kind of put that along with everything else. You know, depends on depends on where you were, where you want your freedom. You know, I want to keep myself free from financial bondage. And so, this time of year, the whole world wants you to buy, 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 buy. buy. I mean, commercials are everywhere. Oh, you need this, you need this, you need this, you need. This. No, you don't. Your kids don't need everything they see. You know, your family doesn't need everything they see. You know, they don't need it. You know, and so you have to help them sometimes by just not getting it. All right? Amen. Um, number three, be selective. Set your priorities and stick to them. Now, this is priorities in your finances. It's priorities in your time. It's priorities in your testimony. When I, was, when I was looking at this this afternoon, suddenly in my heart, the Lord began to talk to me about setting priorities. Now, for me, it's not a problem because I know my workplace. And I know my workplace, you know, the standards that we have and the fact some things aren't going to happen. But for you who work out in the rest of the world, you need to set your spiritual priorities and you need to stick to them. Office parties... This time of year will include things that you've got no business participating in. Whoa, not an amen on that one. I, I, yeah. Don't be caught compromising. Don't be caught compromising your standards and your testimony this time of year when you're out with people whether it's a social setting, a work setting, whatever it is, don't be one of those people who compromise. You set your priorities of what you will and you won't involve yourself in and then stick to them. And if you have to excuse yourself from a particular event, you need to excuse yourself. We've got Christmas, we got New Year's, folks. There's a lot of things happening to this, and a lot of things you may or may not get invited to. But honestly, this is the time of year where you need to be careful 
about your testimony to the rest of the world. You need to be careful that you set the right standard for other people at work who know you're a Christian. There'll be people that you, that you, that you work with that say they're Christians and yet will do some things that you, you know, oh, they, they, they shouldn't be doing that. Don't you participate in those things. You be the example. Somebody else maybe has, maybe they're being pushed to, you know, don't just, it's a social drink. It's no big deal. You know, you be the example of somebody who stands their ground so that that person has someone to look to and say, no, I'm not going to either. You know, they need to see that. It was just really odd to me this afternoon when, when the Lord just started talking to me about that. I'm going, really? It's never occurred to me. You know, this time of year, you know, people have to be, have to be reminded that you are the light of the world. And your light needs to shine brightly, not be looked at through some kind of a cloud, a mist, hide, hidden under a bushel. You know, we used to sing that, that little song growing up about hiding your light under a bushel. Don't do that. You make sure that you represent God and represent him well because, after all, he is the reason for the season. Hallelujah. Number four, be satisfied. Just be satisfied with what God leads you to do, where it comes to your time, where it comes to your money, when it comes to your participation. You know, if you know that this is what God's told you to do, don't let anybody put you under condemnation. Don't let anybody make you feel bad that you didn't participate in a certain thing, that you, didn't, that you didn't give a certain gift, that you didn't do this, do that, do the other. Don't let them put you in a box. Don't let them put you in a place where, they, where that you make, they make you feel bad or try to guilt you into doing something. It happens. I understand that. You just be satisfied that you've done exactly what you need to do for you, for your family, for your, for your finances, for your spiritual life, everything. Be, go at, to the end of this season going, I am fully persuaded that everything that I've done this season is in line with what God spoke to me. There's not scripture in verse in this Bible, you know, for how much you spend at Christmas. You're going to have to rely on the Holy Ghost. There's not scripture in verse in here for, for, for a lot of things, but there is scripture in verse for making sure you keep your spiritual life intact, that you keep it on fire, not set aside, that we'll get back to you after the first of the year, Lord. You know, we're, we're going to, we're about to be, be seeing the commercials for all the exercise equipment and all of the diets and Nutrisystem and, and Weight Watchers. And all that. They're about to start. Don't get to a place where God's got to start talking to you about some spiritual Weight Watchers program for the after the first of the year, okay? Don't overindulge yourself and the flesh this time of year and then have to make up for it after the first of the year. Don't do that. You need to come through. In fact, that's where I was headed with, with this whole thing is, is well, no, I'm, I'm going to hold that for a minute. Okay, um. Just remember, you can't do it all. It's okay, and it's okay. It's just fine. So what if you do if you've, if you've got a problem with just anxiety over the holidays or just pressure? Number one, release the care. First Peter 5, 7, go over there. 
absolutely refuse to be put under pressure by anything or anybody. Do you understand? It says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all of your care, not part of it, but all of it. So when the anxiety, the pressure, the stress begin to mount up, you need to go back right here and say, I'm casting all my care on you, Lord. Absolutely all of my care. Let me, let me look for something here just a second. Um, Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Listen, be anxious for nothing. Do not fret or have any anxiety. This is what the Amplified says. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. And that applies to the holidays as well. Do not fret or have any anxiety. Number two, redirect you take control. Instead of you being boxed into a corner, you need to take control of every situation where it's beginning to make you feel that way. You need to take control so you turn this thing around. No, I'm not going to be made to do this. I'm going to choose to do this. I'm going to choose to do that, and I'm going to choose not to do this. You take control of every part of this holiday season. Number three, rejoice. Rejoice. Doesn't that what it say right here in Philippians? It said uh, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Listen, the best gift you can give this year is the gift you give to God of yourself. And the way you do that is just to be thankful for him, to him and for him throughout the whole season. Just to continually keep in mind that I, you know, praise you, Lord. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to me. You've, you've made it possible for me to, to have this, this season and to know what it really means. Just thank him. That's the kind of gift God wants from you. And after all, shouldn't that be who we're celebrating? It is, after all, Jesus' birthday. You know, that's the best gift you can give him. Hallelujah. But, you know, I, as I was, I was getting ready for this, you know, I... Um, I realized, you know, I think I've said this a few minutes ago, being stressed out, being harried, being pressured, you know, it doesn't lend itself to me being available to minister to anybody else. And if there's any time of year that people seem to be open to the things of God, the real things of God, it tends to be this time of year. Everybody's in a festive mood for the most part, except people like me or Scrooges. But, but people will be open. They're a little more tenderhearted, a little more giving. You know, there's that, that holiday spirit thing. You know, if you're pressured, you're not, you're not in a place where God can talk to you and say, listen, go spend some time with this person. Go spend some, a few minutes with them. Just, just begin to talk to them. You know, talk to them about me. Talk to them about, about what a gift Jesus is. You know, 
put yourself in a place to be a minister and a witness, you can do that. It's not all about giving. It's not all about eating. It's all about getting people to see that Jesus came, that he gave up so much to come to this earth to be God with us, Emmanuel. He gave up his kingdom, his rights and his privileges as the son of God to come be a man just like you and me. And you know, we need to take the opportunity that we every opportunity we can this season to point people back toward him. And we need to be in a place with the same frame of mind, with a heart that's that's open, with a heart that's ready to listen, with a heart that's ready to to receive instruction, and with a heart that's ready to go when he says, "You do this." Do this, do this. Speak to this person. Go bless, lay hands on that person. Go offer to do this for that person. We need to be in that place. And we can hear him best, you know, when, we, when we're spending time, quality time with him during this season. Um, and really, staying in a good place spiritually this time of the year sets us up to be ready for what God wants to do in 2018. We don't want to spend the first three months of 2018 trying to regroup spiritually. God's got things he wants to do in us, for us, through us, places he wants to take us spiritually, places he wants to take us, places that we've never been things he wants to show us that we've never seen, things he wants us to do that we've never done, and we need to be ready for it. 2018 is going to be a wonderful year, and we need to start the year off the best way, and that's being spiritually caught up, being spiritually ready, not spiritually depleted because of the holidays. And so that's what I want to tell you. And I, you know, when I got to the end of this today, going through it all, I went, it really is all about being ready for next year. It's not just a place of maintaining our spiritualness, not just a place of maintaining, but, but getting ourselves to a place where we're ready to move to a higher place. We don't want to take two steps back. And then have to retake that ground. We want to take, we want to take a step forward. We want to be able to cross over into the next year, you know, on fire for God. Put after we put the Christmas trees away, after we have done all the everything that needed to be done, you know, we want to just say thank you, Lord. It was a wonderful season. Now I'm ready to move on to the next one, and be really ready really ready to move on into what God has for us because there's things coming things coming and the sooner we get there will depend on how we stay in touch with the spirit man on the inside and connected to him as well so anyway that's how to survive the holidays amen you don't want to just survive them you want to thrive in them you want to you want to really wouldn't the best gift of all that you could give to anybody 
would be the sharing and their receiving Jesus as their Lord and Savior during this season. Wouldn't that just be just the height of the best gift you could give anybody? Your willingness, your availability to share with them the good news of the gospel. To know that there was another person whose name was written in heaven because you took time during what could have been busy, too busy. So that's what we're all sometimes, we're just too busy, you know, to, to really stop and look around us and see there are people that are in the middle of this season are hurting because they don't know him, because they've never made him Lord of their lives, because they don't know that a real God exists, that he's not just on some Christmas card, that he's not just in some little manger outside some church, that he's not something people talk about, but that he's really real and that he can be really real in their lives and he can change their lives. The best gift you can give them is a change of their destinies. But to do that, we have to keep ourselves ready. We have to keep ourselves spiritually intact, spiritually up, spiritually ready. For any time the Lord says, you go talk to that person. You know, when we pray for, some, pray for people's salvation, we're always praying you know, that God would send laborers. You know, somebody is praying for you, that you're the laborer that he wants to send to somebody. We pray for other people. You know, maybe it's our family, maybe somebody we know. You know we, Lord, send laborers across their path. Well, you be that laborer that somebody else is praying for. During this time of year, some people's hearts are open just enough, just enough, and the right person at the right time will make the difference, will make all the difference in the world. That person could be you. So don't let the things of the season take away from your ability to stay aware of what God's telling you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.